Welcome to ES3N, the Essential Sports Network, hosted by three essential workers. Today, I am one of your two hosts, Chris Leopold, that's right, the 414 Lepo himself, and Richie Da Bears Dunnell yo, yo. here. And this week, we are talking NFL, right? Week 15, 16, it's week 16, 16. right? We're getting... 16, we're rolling into week 17 here. The playoffs have started to take shape. We're getting a really good idea of who's going to be who. Richie, I want to start off with you, man. Anybody you want to talk about first? Well, I think we might as well start off with the um, the home team and the showing that uh, I think people are really excited about them showing. Um, But I think it's a twofold story. First, let me me ask you your take. because I don't want to sound like I'm playing the hater, uh, but I want to see what you have <laughs> to say about it before uh, I kind of expand it a little bit, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty happy about it. I'm not going to lie. Tennessee has a, uh, has a, g- a good defense. You know, they're 10-5, and five, or 10-4, and four, now 10-5. and five. They have a good defense. I thought that they could pose some problems because we've struggled with defenses. We've also struggled in the second half. It was nice. We put up, you know, we put up more points in the second half than we did in the first half. But we also we made a lot of mistakes in that game. There were a lot of errors, right? I mean, Crosby disappeared in this game. Normally, he's the man with snow and weather and distance, and he missed a a. Relatively easy field goal, uh, you know, an extra point. I'm sorry. Then he followed it. Then they followed it up by going for the two point conversion, which they missed. But their defense looked good. Their offense looked good. Their run defense looked good. And I'm not quite sure why it is. I would love to tell you that Mike Pettit and uh, the Green Bay Packers head coach McVeigh figured it out, but. And that this is going to be more of what we see. It's certainly what I wanted to see rolling into this game against Chicago. I mean, because Chicago, and I'm sure we'll get there as a Bears fan, Richie. Uh, you want to talk about the Bears? Really do have their fate in their own hands, and they are they've got their 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 uh, work cut out for them coming to or are, is the, I don't even know. Is it are they coming to Green Bay no, for that? No, no, game? no, no. You guys are coming to us. They got the work cut out for him. I feel like the Packers are firing on all cylinders here. I feel even though Jamal Williams was hurt, that we got a lot out of out of uh, Dylan. I know, especially Markilio, all game long. Uh, Ike, a shout out to Ian, our sound engineer, was big on Dylan during the game. He's he pointed out a number of valuable things, which we'll we'll get into later on in the season here. But I was really happy with that game. Not just because we won 40 to 14, but because we looked like the team I wanted to see, right? Aaron Rodgers throws four touchdowns. He did have the pick. Uh four touchdowns, two to Adams. Jones got it on the deal. Dylan got it on the deal. I mean, Dylan had the two touchdowns at 124. Jones still had almost 100 yards on 94. Really, everybody coming together and getting it done. This was a team win. I'm happy about the way this game came out. I wasn't happy the way it started off in the first quarter. I thought we played some sloppy football, but we tightened it up in the back end there, and I think it went really well. Yeah, I mean, you can never truly be mad uh, at a 40 to 14 win and unless you're nitpicking right and uh i've had this conversation with you a number of times about just uh not me personally not being able to watch as a fan and being overcritical from an you know from a from a coaching perspective and that and that's any team i watch you know even if chicago's not in the game that's just how i watch football and it has to do with you know being able to see things other people don't see due to my background uh, in coaching. And right. this th- this game set up perfectly for Green Bay. This game was lost, or this game was won by the Packers before they even stepped on the field because it snowed. And when you bring a team from the South who's not used to having to play outside in cold in snow, it, it it's an automatic disadvantage. And you saw it right away. They, Green Bay is used to this. These players are used to this. Rodgers oh, is used to this. This is what makes them dangerous 
when they end up in a position like a one seed, when you have to have a New Orleans who plays at a dome come to Lambeau, that's a shock. Regardless of where those players are from, uh, no matter well, where they Tennessee. go. Well, Tennessee. Well, but, but right, but it's not as if Nashville gets a ton of snow. You know what I mean? But I'm saying, I'm saying for the playoffs, New Orleans, if they're the threat, they're going to have to come to Green Bay, at least as of right now, and, and we'll get into that a little bit and we talk about the seating. But this game set up perfectly for Green Bay with the snow. And A.J. Dillon looked great, and, and I think the weather helped a lot because I, I thought Rodgers... Rodgers was able to throw the ball, and Adams scored a bunch of touchdowns, but they got down the field running the ball because you, you, this was not a game where you're going to do five-step drops and sling it around all day just because of the footing and because of the weather. And so this game was perfect to see what A.J. Dillon could bring because he's a downhill runner. He's cut from the same cloth as a Derrick Henry. I've seen this kid live. I saw him at Boston College. Uh, when I went to go visit my buddy Brett, um, Boston College played at Syracuse, and he's just a different beast when you can give him 20 carries compared to only a couple. Now, we'll see how he can play in the free-flowing offense that is the Green Bay Packers because if there's no snow on the turf or on the ground, uh, when they have their, you know, the next time they play at Lambeau, we'll see, right? We, we got to make, you guys got to make sure, can he catch the ball out of the backfield? Is he going to be able to do blitz pickup? I mean, that's what makes Aaron Jones so special is he's a complete three-down back. And so if he's on his way out, you know, A.J. Dillon has to be able to show to do that he can do those things. Um, but but for but for a breakout party, well, and Richie, really quick there, and I and I, I just want to interrupt you because you allude to Aaron Jones being on his way out, and that was one of the things that Ian had brought up during the game, and yeah. I was unaware that Aaron Jones is in a contract year, right? Yes. So right. Aaron Jones, if he can't get things worked out, and let's face it, considering the deals that we've kind of given out recently uh, to a number of our offensive linemen and. Uh, Take it to vet what we're playing, uh, players like Aaron Rodgers. Right. I'm not sure what Adams' deal is like, but uh, it's I, about I think to get his more contract, expensive. Yeah, I was about to say, his is going to get more expensive here soon, too. Right. So when we take all of that into consideration, it is unlikely that we pay top dollar for a top dollar running back, which right. is what, or I'm sorry, when I say we, the Packers, are unlikely to pay top dollar money for Aaron Jones in order to keep him here. So Aaron Jones needs to decide if he's chasing a championship or the money. And I think this league has shown us that he's, that, that players are more prone to chase the money here. And what Ian pointed out while we watched this game was that indeed Dylan had a very nice game. And as a rookie, it does look like between Williams who could come at a discount Right, I think he's all his contract is. Yeah, fine. him and him and, and Jones were the same year. They got drafted the same right, year. So, right, right. I about to say, I'm pretty sure they were like right next to each other. So when it comes to the fact that the two, the one and two guy have their contracts expired, you could probably sign that number two to a mediocre deal, and then we still got four years of Dylan. And by the time we finish getting through that two three year deal with Williams, Dylan will be or should have taken over the lead role because he certainly has all the tools. It would appear well, to be well, right. that and running. To, and, and, you know, to think about it, too, I don't think people realize either that when Derrick Henry was drafted, Derrick Henry was not the guy. He didn't go to Tennessee and become the guy, right? No. He he was right. he was the, the power back, right? They brought him in to play power football. They brought him in on the goal line. They brought him in on certain situations until he developed the rest of his game, until he developed the ability to catch the football. Now he catches a ton of balls. He catches a ton of screens and turns them into big plays. And I'm not saying that AJ Dillon is, is Derrick Henry, but he very well could be, you know, I'm never going to sell a guy short. Um, but he, he shows to have the power game. This is a, uh, element of football that the Packers haven't had for a very long time is just smash mouth power football. And that's not to take away from what Aaron Jones can do, but Aaron Jones is more of a finesse, uh, big breaker running back. And a lot of, you know, and, and he's more of an outside guy. You know, Dylan is going to be that between the tackles, pound the ball, pound the ball type of guy. And, and that's a good thing for them. 
Um, but on the other side, uh, again, Tennessee, man, you guys can't put the game in Tannehill's hands. It just, that's reality. You know, they went down, what, 19 nothing early. Um, Green Bay just put it on them. What, in the first quarter of the first right. half? pick, pick, yeah. right. I mean, there were and, a lot of interceptions in this game. Right, and that's the thing. If you can't, and, and the thing, too, I think they, they found out right away was that they weren't going to be able to power run. For whatever reason, I don't know if it was a footing issue, a trust issue, if there was something that Henry just wasn't believing in, uh, but they he it took him a minute to really find his legs and get going. Um, but they just... I, I, they can't lean on Tannehill, and that's what made them successful in the playoffs last year was they were able to win the time of possession battle. They were able to pound the ball until they weren't, right? And that was Kansas City who exposed them as Kansas City, as we know, can score like that, uh, much like the Green Bay Packers. Um, and, and so, again, I think this was the perfect, this was the perfect, seg- or perfect setup for the Packers because... They need the one seed. They needed to win this game just as much as Tennessee need to win this game just as much as anybody needs to win this week because they are fighting for that one seed. Um, And I guess what I didn't realize was they will now also need to win this week. Uh, If they don't win this week, if let's say hypothetically Chicago wins and it's a three-way tie, the Saints get the tiebreaker and they will get the one seed. If there's a two-way tie between the Packers and the Seahawks, the Seahawks will get the one seed. And if the Packers and Saints tie as a record, the Packers will get the one seed. So they very much have everything to play for as they go down to Chicago, uh, which which can take us into that game. Like you said, Chicago's been playing well, but, dude, the thing is, is there's nobody on that team to trust. I mean, their playoffs have already started. They beat a bad team. They looked good against a bad team. Um and maybe I'm overcritical, but it just, I don't expect things to go very well this upcoming weekend in Chicago. Man, I got And that's a perfect segue to the Chicago game, man. I would think that you'd be feeling a little more optimistic about where your team stands. You're no. coming off two, three good showings from Trubis- Trubisky, right? <laughs> they put but, 41 points up against the, I mean, it's the Jaguars. Right. But you put 41 points up. Trubisky, 265 yards, two touchdowns. He did have the pick. Montgomery continues to have that range of, range of the season. Robinson as well. Um, both coming up, stepping up for the Bears. And you don't feel good about it. Listen, no, because, I'm, I'm because not here's the Bears why. fan of this conversation, but you no, guys no, are but doing here's the thing. pretty well. As you, but, but, here's the commonality as you sit here and say, well, you've gotten two or three good showings out of Trubisky. Dude, a a good showing out of Trubisky means he just hasn't hit as many wide open receivers as he has in weeks past. And he just hasn't thrown as many interceptions as he has in weeks past. And and it's annoying me that uh, I'm in a couple bears fan pages on Facebook. And it's just, it's annoying me because they're, they're trying to crown the kid. He threw a pick in the red zone, which cost you three points and he missed a wide-open Cole Komet who could have walked into the end zone for seven or for six, however you want to count it, since field goals aren't or extra points aren't gimmies anymore. But, dude, they left 10 points on the board because Trubisky isn't yeah, doing no what doubt. he's supposed to do. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, the Bears, I mean, yeah, they're playing anything from picture-perfect football. But I would think coming out forty one. No. Yeah, I don't think they're. Because, I don't think they're going because to be like the you just said. To get but, in. Well, but that's the thing. Like you just said, and, and don't get me wrong. Look, we control our own destiny. If we win, we're in, right? But we can still make it and lose. And I'm all in favor of whatever needs to happen to get Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and Mitch Trubisky out of town. That's what I want to happen. If that means we get into the playoffs and then have a blunder and it gets them all fired, sure. If that means we have to lose and Arizona wins against uh, the Rams, sure. I, I don't care. I just, I don't trust those three guys to get us to that next level. And like you said, the Bears have to play, they haven't played picture perfect. And to beat a team like Green Bay, you have to play picture perfect. No joke. And when we're talking about picture perfect, can we talk about that Saints-Vikings game? <laughs> 
Alvin Kamara, dude. <laughs> I mean, that was video game. I lost, and we'll get to this, folks, here. I lost not in one, but two fa- fantasy football leagues because of the 50-point display. Six ties the, ru- ties the touchdown record for running back with six. I don't know what else you could ask Kamara to do in this game. I mean, right, you're asking, I mean, I know that you're trying to give Drew Brees a little cushion as he rolls into the playoffs with the Saints, but I mean, as a team, this was, I mean, this was something to watch, man. It was something to see. I mean, the Vikings have have a pretty good defense by all accounts, not that they've shown it this year being six and nine, but I did not expect the Saints to cut through them the way they did. I mean, they put 21 points on them in the fourth quarter alone. In the fourth yeah. quarter alone. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing with the Vikings. The Vikings have basically uh, mailed it in. Uh, their their defense, I think, is hurt or has more combined missed games um, than anybody in the NFL defensively. They're just, they're so, uh, they're playing so many rookies. It's it's unfair, but yeah, that, and that's to, that's not to take anything away from the Saints. It just the thing is, is, is you know, and look, Breeze didn't throw any touchdowns. He threw he threw two picks, um, you know. But but you can just you watch this game and you watch the Saints as a team, and you can just tell there is such a difference when they have a pocket passer like a Drew Breeze in running the offense compared to a Taysom Hill. And regardless of how old Drew Breeze is. When he's able to just run the offense and take what you give him, this is what happens because he's he's you know much like you guys talk about Aaron Rodgers, he'll make those checks at the lines. He'll say, "Oh, okay, here we go, run the ball." You know what I mean? And and guys benefit from it, and they're only going to get better with Michael Thomas coming back for the playoffs. But yeah, Kamara six tutties ties a record for most touchdowns in a game, non quarterback. Um, when Marquilio comes back, you'll have to ask him how he feels about that. Well, and you talk about these guys who create opportunities for their team, right? We talk about how they ended up on this. I want to uh, brings me to another lopsided game that we had, right? Tampa Bay plays forty-seven points on the Lions, most of which they did in the first half. It was yeah. thirty-four points. Roll into the half. Tom Brady throws for four touchdown passes before they pull him. And my question to you is: Tampa Bay? This I mean, Antonio Brown's catching touchdown passes again. Is Tampa Bay this good, or is Detroit this bad? Well, here's my thing: is I mean, were you expecting anything better? I guess let me start there. Were you expecting a better? I wasn't expecting 47 points. No, I wasn't expecting 30 plus points in the first half. Okay, so here's when, when, when Daryl Bevel, okay, they've already fired their head coach. Their interim head coach gets COVID. He's also their offense coordinator. So they have a guy who's never called a game in his life, uh, calling the offense. They have a, uh, their, whoever their interim head coach would be if the interim head coach got fired uh is the head coach for this game um and then matt stafford comes out after the first series i, I mean this is I, I once stafford had to come out this is kind of what i expected to me stafford stafford gives them any bit of hope if there's no matt stafford you can just you can take it all away because once stafford went down i i i probably i think i honestly expected him to score more than what they did. It just Detroit without Matt Stafford has no shot. And when you're talking about Yeah, Matt, I mean I, I agree that I mean, but still, you know, I mean you would think their defense would I mean no. something. No, because their the defense Lions, ain't very I, good. Listen, I mean I you're you're asking me to stick up for a team in a division of which I have a clear favorite. That's asking a lot of me. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm in not this asking particular you to stick. I'm just case. saying, did you expect them to play any better than that? No, you but you know what? Fine. I want let's move past this. I want to talk about a team who I did expect to play better than that, the Arizona Cardinals. How the heck do the Arizona Cardinals lose to the 49ers in their current state of affairs? Kyler Murray's hurt. I mean that 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 I mean it goes beyond that, but Murray's hurt, he's beat up. 
Um, this is his second full season. The 49ers practice team is who they I, pretty I get much that. got out. I, I get that. But the thing with Arizona that you got to re- the thing you got to realize with the 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 Niners is they've they've had quarterback woes, right? But they got George Kittle back. They're with Shanahan at the helm. They're always going to have a strong run game. Uh, we can go back even to you know almost thirty years ago now when Mike Shanahan was coaching the Super Bowl champ Denver Broncos. I mean, the Broncos always had a strong run game. You don't expect any less from the kid. Um, they run the same off. They run the same zone style offense. Their wide receivers are healthy. I mean, the Niners are missing players on defense, but the problem is, is Arizona. Arizona Arizona only has one player on offense and that's Kyler Murray. If he's hurt, he's not able to get the, and and I, that, that's not to take away from Deandre Hopkins. I know Deandre Hopkins is on that team, but the quarterback's got to get him the ball and Murray. If Murray's got to stand in the pocket at five foot 10 and try to navigate around the trees and not be able to move which, which in which a way that makes him successful, he they're they're not very good because besides DeAndre Hopkins, you can you can pack the box. You can you can go, okay, well, I'm gonna make you beat us with with whatever else you think you have. Because yes, Kenyon Drake is a thousand yard back, but they feed off of the run game with Murray, and they don't have anybody who's stepped up besides DeAndre Hopkins. And so their offense is really so predominantly built around Kyler Murray when he can't get going they play awful which is why they're 8 and 8 or the, why they're going to end up possibly 8 and 8 and I feel you there man I feel you all right so not a whole lot of surprises when it comes to Arizona can we talk about this Dolphins season, man? The <laughs> Dolphins squeak out a freaking win Did you over watch that game? Las Vegas Dude, I watched bits and pieces of it because, dude, I'm a, I'm a Fitzpatrick fan. I I was one of the few people who went, man, I don't know if I sit Fitz, dude. I don't know if I sit That's what Fitz. I said the same thing. I'm with you. You know, I mean, not because I think he's this incredible quarterback who's ready to lead a generation or anything like that, but because for the Dolphins, he seemed like the guy. That kind, You know, the... Fitz, dude, this is the story of his life, man. If we look at like the last three teams this guy's been on, it has been to set up a team that then goes on to be a contender. It's like, hey, Fitz, could you put this team together, become the backbone for it, and then as soon as you get that solidified, we're going to draft your replacement, rip you right out of there and plug and play this sucker all the way to a championship. And it seems to be the blueprint for it. And if I was Fitz, man, I'd be getting a little pissed. But, dude, Fitzpatrick, all right, two guns listed as probably. He wasn't sure. You're right. He hurts his thumb at practice or whatever the hell it is beforehand. Comes in, plays like what? The first quarter, first half, something like that. Uh, Tua gets, gets hurt again. And all of a sudden, Ryan Fitzpatrick puts this team on his back. And just goes. For those of you who don't know, I'm punching that sound to the slap, and that's me just punching my own head. That's Chris going, being excited. Put, I'm about to say, I'm almost too excited. And you put that team on his back and get this thing done, dude. 26-25. I think the. I mean, are the Raiders even? Are, are the Raiders still in this thing? So they they lost in the most John Gruden fashion, like I said the week before, possible. They had a huge lead. Uh, Josh Jacobs, which, by the way, you you lost me. Uh, you cost me in fantasy, buddy. He attempted to <laughs> get down instead of score, thinking, hey, we're just going to let this thing ride, right? And so, so he goes down, doesn't score. They kick the field goal. Miami, two plays later, throws a, what, a 60 yard touchdown screen pass, whatever you want to call it. And, I'm about to say, and dude. Gaskins is down the sideline, gone. And what, like the very next play, Oakland dumps it to what Nelson Aguilar over the top. And they, and they end up, they still end up losing the, I mean, that was the most exciting two minutes of football. I think I've seen all year was the end of that game. Cause it was absolutely amazing. 
But it just Dude, it this, was a great game. This is just the Raiders game. at its finest. I mean, this is what we've come to expect from the Raiders. It doesn't seem like that location is going to make a difference. Whether they're the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders, it doesn't seem like things are going to change. And maybe that's because of who's running the show. Yeah, I had no joke. And I, I've never, I was surprised when they gave John Gruden that contract. I mean, I was surprised that John Gruden left the cushy yeah, gigs the box, that right? he had gotten. Yeah. I mean, really, really, to, to, to come do this whole thing. But it was even more questionable when they decided to give him this thing. I don't know. I mean, it's, it seemed like the most Raiders deal ever. Right, yeah. it seemed like Al Davis was reaching out from the grave <laughs> to go. Let's Raiders this bad boy up. Uh, I don't understand the John Gruden tr- deal. I one upset about it. I thought it was high, it was unusual, it was unexpected. I didn't think he was going to leave it, but what he did it, I expected more than this, and I have a feeling so did Raiders Raiders ownership, and I don't know that COVID's going to be an excuse. That gets them out of this. Well, I, I just don't. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, I mean, with the amount of money they're paying him, I think he got somewhere along the lines of 10, oh, a, $10 million a year. They can't fire him because, he, I mean, they strapped themselves in such a situation that they're not going to be able to get out of this. I mean, it's just, it's going to be impossible. And look, I, I've never... So the new the new thing is that Apparently, the hot topic is that Bill Cower wants the Jets job. And, and I'm, I'm going to get back to Gruden in a second. And Bill Cower was a very successful head coach with the Steelers before Mike Tomlin took over. And the thing is, is I don't know if it's, if it's an understanding of just new generation. But when you spend 10 to 15 years off the field... Culture, culture it, it changes, right? I mean, the players change. Yeah, the the world changes. There's all these new things, and well, I mean, and and that's not to say I, I have trouble out of touch, getting behind. But I don't. I well, I've and that's never, just it, man. Is John Gruden is a play? I mean, I don't. I feel I don't know that culture is the excuse here, and I say this because John Gruden has done very well with players. I get as that. personalities and people. As the job he's done, right? It's always, hey, I'm doing these coaching clinics. It's, hey, I'm really great with all these quarterbacks. All these players love to sit down and talk sports with me because my mind works like this. And so I don't know that culture is an excuse for what he's doing. I mean, I think culture is part of the problem. I don't know that the Jake rooted culture. But, but, but let me ask you this. Isn't it, when you would describe, and I'm only going to ask this in this sense. <laughs> when you think of, when you think of culture, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to Green Bay. Would you say Green Bay has what we call a winning culture? See, when you say that sort of thing to a person with my background, it makes me want you to define winning culture. Do I think they do? Absolutely. Right. And, but, but, no, and I, I, especially the thing. way that players talk about it after they left here, right? But I, I don't Greg Jennings I'm, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. You're, you're, you're taking it to the next step that I, that I don't want to know about. Do the Packers okay. have a winning culture? I don't care about the yes. players. Do they have a winning culture? Yes. Right. We're, we're a strong team in a weak division. Well, but you guys win close games. You guys find a way to win games despite maybe playing poorly. You find a way to come back in games that you may be losing at a certain point of the game. Aaron Rodgers helps you win the close games. You have a winning culture. The culture is winning regardless who's at the helm. You guys find ways to win. That is a part of the bigger culture that you're talking about with players and and all those other aspects that go into it. The Raiders do not. John Gruden does not. John Gruden is the ultimate eight and eight, nine and seven guy. That is a culture that is not going to get it done. And and to say that it, it's very much a part of the culture, which is why we continue to watch the Raiders lose games like this every single week and make <laughs> boneheaded decisions because that is a part of who they are 
and it's a part of the guy who's running the ship. This is John Gruden's culture. John Gruden stops John Gruden more than any other person out there. He tries to outdo himself, and it's almost like if you take the the nickname that they give Les Miles, you could say John Gruden's the Mad Hatter of the NFL because he he only like it's almost as if he's like, man, you know what? We could really run an ISO right up the gut and score a touchdown, but I feel like that'd be too easy. Why don't we run a Hail Mary from the from the one yard line and see if we can just throw it as high as we can and see who comes down with it? Like I feel like that's how he thinks. <laughs> and I don't have trouble seeing that. <laughs> what I do have what but I want to move past Las Vegas here, Richie. I want to move past Las Vegas, man. Because I think it's the right time for us to discuss, oh, you know, I mean, a team that you, you've, you for weeks now, been giving me a real hard time yep. about under the guise that they're a contender. Yeah. That they're real. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about what the real Cleveland Browns did this weekend. You know what they I can tell you what they did. They left all of their wide receivers and tight ends at home because they all had COVID. And so they didn't travel a single wide receiver and they didn't travel a single tight end this weekend. That's what the Cleveland Browns did. Yeah, they shit the bat, dude. Well, they, they didn't travel. I mean, it, it, when, when you're... Mayfield coughed up the ball, dude. Oh, I don't, look, I'm and not saying... No, I get Failed that, to but... wrap up a playoff spot, right? Game on the line, you're playing a 1-13. and thir- to a one in yeah. twelve team, right? A one. Right. In, I'm sorry, right. one in thirteen team. That's a that's a W. You should run your damn practice squad out there and get the fucking win, dude. Instead, the Browns lost that game in Browns fashion, right? With every excuse, like oh, half the team had COVID, and Baker Mayfield's hands were sweaty, and maybe the ball was overinflated. Dude, they lost the game to the no, fucking. I, I don't disagree two, that they lost. Now I mean, two and twenty. Now two and thirteen Jets, dude. Why? And they lost that game convincingly. It won. They lost it, by it, a score. Dude, this, it, 20, 16, 23 is two scores. Isn't that seven points? No, I guess points? score. It's seven points. Right. You're right. My point being here, though, is that, that they lost. The I get your point. Beat the I get your point, dude. They lost. No, they lost to arguably the worst team okay. in twenty twenty. So, so let me. So let. So like you said. So Baker Mayfield fumbled like twice. Um, they didn't. They they he fumbled twice. They didn't travel. Uh, their entire offense. Oh, and still almost won. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing from you. I'm hearing from you that they. They didn't travel against the worst team in baseball. And did they win? But here, here, did they win? But let me ask you: Is almost close enough? No, let me. But let me ask you like that: You're the maybe in Ohio. But no, truly, maybe in Ohio. Truly, this is the comparison you're trying to make right now. You're the guy that would come out and say, "You know what? I think Alabama would win the the AFC South." Man, the the AFC South's just so bad that I think Alabama would win. The realization is that a college football team would never beat an NFL team, and college coaches have blatantly come out and said that because the training is different. So to say that that the 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 local Cleveland team of Costco bag boys is going to go to the Jets and beat an NFL team that, that that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I mean, if you if you think the that Browns, that's going to- so you're saying that the Browns secondary players, even with their starting quarterback, and let's say reasonably sixty to seventy percent of their team Dude, is the equivalent listen, of a of running listen, out the Costco you, you backups against you, the Jets. Okay, but listen to what you just said. You said backups. They didn't have any backups. Their entire wide receiving group didn't travel. Their practice squad guys couldn't even travel. Good. You know what? It's going to be two weeks, and the Browns are going to miss the playoffs because they couldn't keep COVID out of their locker room, which seems like another Ohio thing to do. All right? I mean, that's just the Browns being the Browns here. So my question to you, then, is if the Browns miss the playoffs due to not being able to start a wide receiver that was actually on their roster, is that just, 
Do, do you not then bow down to that being the best? The, the Browns are the, it's, it's Ohio, dude. It's the curse. Ohio uh, needs yeah, some help, I mean, man. They, you know what needs to happen is Epstein needs to change sports and they need, and they need to get the curse breaker out there. He's looking for a job right now. If, if I remember He's looking correctly, for something new I, and interested. To, I would have to go back and look, but I do know that once upon a time, I don't know if it's the current situation or not, but uh, the Browns did hire a guy from the Cleveland Indians front office to run their front office. I would have to look that up again. Um, but but I do believe that that, that that is that is also a very brown statement there. But <laughs> hey man, hey if they're winning ten, if they hey if they got ten wins with a baseball guy running the show, I mean kudos to him because this is the best they've been since they've restarted the organization thirty years ago. So I mean, no uh, joke. Again, no joke. Your, your your definition of a contender and my definition of a contender aren't the same because your definition of a contender means. I'm the only team hosting the Lombardi Trophy when the realization is that only one team does that a year and there's 29 losers or 31 losers. I'm sorry. The Browns, and, you know what? Well, the Browns are going to have to make the playoffs before you change my mind. Okay. Well, right. And, and right I'm not now, talking about they haven't. Right. I'm just, and that's well, all but I'm they, well, At this point, they haven't even made the playoffs. So right. why don't we get back to holding this conversation once they've made the playoffs? Because if they miss the playoffs, and they, you're going to hear it. Brother. And they play they play Pittsburgh next week. Well, and that's just it. Pitt, so Pittsburgh breaks a three game losing streak by beating the Colts. Fairly good, you know, a good defense. Twenty eight twenty four. It was a close game. Ben Roethlisberger looked like premium rate like premium Roethlisberger early on in the game. Really kind of getting some things done. Were you surprised here? Um, well, I was surprised after what I after what the score was early on. The Colts were just beating the piss out of them. Um, and Pittsburgh ended up climbing all the way back into this thing. Um, I, I thought, you know, usually there there's there's two coaches that that I, you know, we, we use the word trust, and trust is is usually a loosely used term, right? And as you get older, you usually use the word trust in the meaning of I would allow them to watch my kids. That's how much you you trust someone. Wow. Either either you would trust them with your children or you wouldn't, right? That's kind of as you get older how you use the word trust. There is only two people that I trust like that in the NFL and it's Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin. And when Mike Tomlin did the interview after their third loss and said this week we are going to reevaluate some things. We are going to uh, we are no longer going to be dancing on logos in the middle of the field before games, and things <laughs> right. are going to be corrected. Uh, I believed him. I, I believed that <laughs> statement. I believed in him when he said that because I believe in Mike Tomlin. And you know, Pittsburgh is a young team. They have a lot of young pieces. Ben Roethlisberger is the glue that has kept this team together over the last uh, 15 years or so, you know, but, but the team's changing around him. And, and I think this is a part of their growing process. So we'll see, we'll see how, you know, and as much flack as you gave me against Cle you know, for Cleveland, um, if Cleveland is healthy, we'll, I mean, we'll see how they do. I, I mean, Pittsburgh still has a lot to prove despite the fact that they have 11 wins. Well, and you're right. I mean, Cleveland has a lot to prove, especially to me. And talking about teams with something to prove, man, did you get to hear any part of the J.J. Watt just coming after the Texans organization? I mean, I think it's about five years too late, but can you blame him? Can you blame him? Lose it to the Bengals. Who no. don't even have their starting quarterback. Right. Yeah, no, I, you can't blame him. I mean, this is years of frustration uh, coming out. And and I think uh, it's hard to say, you know, three years ago, I probably would have said J.J. Watt will spend <clears throat> his entire career in Houston. Um, I'm not so confident in that anymore. Um, I'm about to say, where does when does this contract end? Do you know? Uh, that I, I'm not not sure offhand when it ends, but he's it, it's one of those situations where we talk about culture and Bill O'Brien 
got him there, right? They were bad. You know, he was able to bring in some pieces. He was able to turn it around. They were consistently winning the division. They were consistently winning. You know, they they were consistently making the playoffs. Uh, they had lack of success in the playoffs. But but truly, you look at the roster and you look at all the talent they've had over the years. And I, don't get me wrong, they made a boneheaded decision with DeAndre Hopkins. But I think it was I think the change that needed to happen happened, and that was getting Bill O'Brien out as GM and as head coach. Uh, and I think that <clears throat> that's that's going to help them. I, I, they needed a, a change of culture. They have some good pieces, uh, but they need to. They need to retool some things. I, I don't think they're far away. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they're. I don't think Tennessee and Indianapolis are that much better. That if the if the Texans pull the trigger on some good pieces in the offseason, that I I would confidently say that they're the third best team. They might be the best team. You know, they're that they're that well, close. That's just it. Due to Deshaun Watson. Well, and I'm looking at this now. It looks like after this year, JJ only has one contract left on his one year, one year left on his contract, and he's going to be 33 when that expires. I mean, that's on the wrong side of 30, especially for a lineman. Yeah. But do you think I would have never thought I, I agree with you when you say that I thought JJ would have been a lifer for the Texans, right? And the Texans really needed that guy to hang a hat on. But there's a chance, and I think it's a good one now, that J.J. openly considers going there, to a contender. There's only two teams that I, I, I honestly, and this is, um, there's two teams that I can see him realistically going to, and both have significant value. I can see him going to the Packers, um, just because I, I think it's a need. Hometown. The Wisconsin tie, he'd right. be a locker yes. room. Right. He then, we, we I mean, a locker room. Oh, a locker room giant we could use. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, being from here, you know, played for the Badgers. He's from about what, what would you say? Pewaukee's about 20 minutes outside of uh, Milwaukee where we are, you know, so he's a, he's a Southeast Wisconsin guy. Um, you know, there's been I rumors. I think we could do for him what Charles Woodson. Well, right. And, and, and right. And, and that's exactly what you're right. They have a lot. The Packers have a young defense. They could really learn from him. Uh, he's a been there, done that kind of guy. He just needs the ring, um, much like you said with with Charles Woodson. The only other place I can realistically see him going, and that's only the only reason, is because of his wife. Uh, his wife plays professional soccer, and she plays for Chicago, and so that would be the only reason I could see him going to uh, a team like the Bears, who. Uh, you know, have continued to add pieces to a defense. They've continuously had a good defense. Um, but for what the reasons that we just mentioned, you know, Milwaukee is closer to Chicago than it is Green Bay. His wife plays uh, for the Chicago professional soccer team. Uh, he'd be coming into a, you know, borderline playoff team. We'll see what else they, they do before he even becomes a free agent. But those are the only two teams that I could see J.J. Watt going to. Um, and that's to say he even leaves Houston. Maybe they bring someone in that he he vibes with that he likes they get this thing turned around and maybe he goes you know what i just i want to stay here who who knows and it's uh you hate to see let me put this way you hate to see players like that end up in a situation like that you know as you talk about like a barry sanders a a calvin johnson um and this isn't a knock at the dolphins because the dolphins were very good but like a dan marino a guy who puts everything they have into a, a team to spend their whole career there and, and nothing to show for, you know, it just, it, 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 you feel for the guy almost in a way. Um, so no, no joke. And I mean, I, you know what? And, they, and I would love for him to come to the green Bay Packers. So here's the hope that the Texans managed to fuck that up just enough <laughs> to get JJ back in Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and cause I know, think we could revitalize his career. I think that we'd use him as, you know, an option. He could teach some guys how to work in coverage. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Now, Richie, I mean, we've got a few games left we're yeah. talking about. Is there any way you want to start? Yeah, so you so earlier we had talked about the one seed and um, just the way things could, could shake out here based on who wins, who loses. And Seattle uh, t- 
took care of business against the Rams as a Bears fan. I needed that game to go the other way um, as that would have helped us in our playoff chase. Um, but Seattle has a shot at the one seed. You know, they, they have... You guys have had bad luck just for whatever reason. Uh, City Link, I think is what it's called, is not... Or CenturyLink has not been good to the backers. Uh, so I would not want to see Seattle get the one seed here. Uh, but the big news coming out of that game is Jared Goff. Jared Goff having a broken hand going into the final week. And they play Arizona, which is a game that I absolutely need the Rams to win in order for Chicago to uh, clinch their spot in the playoffs. But yeah, big news. Jared Goff, broken hand, looks like he's going to be done uh, possibly for the rest of the year, meaning week 17 and the playoffs. So even though the Rams might make well, it you in. you talk City Field, City Field isn't the deciding factor that is it Is it City goes. Field or is it Century Link Field? I think City Field is I, yeah, You know you need a program to keep it straight. But wherever Seattle plays, whatever name they've strapped out to the side of the building now, Century Link still isn't the stadium that it once was it, without, without the fans. 12th man. Yes, right. right, without the 12th man, it's a pretty even match. And I'm happy to take that. I mean, I, I wish that they have to come out to Lambeau and play us because I don't care who you are, Lambeau is an advantage when it comes into December, January. Uh, yeah. Come at it, boys. We're ready for you. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I mean, because, you know, we've talked about how the NFC this year is just, it's not that the NFC is necessarily deep. It's just that there's a lot of teams vying for the one spot because there's really only three good teams in the NFC, right? You know, as we look at the, the three teams vying for those spots, uh, being Seattle, New Orleans, and Green Bay, and there's just really not a whole lot behind it, you know? And when you look at the other side, the AFC, I mean, you can, I think every team that's going to make the playoffs in the AFC has to have 11 wins this year, which is absolutely unremarkable when you think of <laughs> an 11 and five, you know, you, you think about that. You got to be 11 and five just to even sniff the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Uh, and it reminds me very much of the East versus the West when you talk about the NBA. But as we talk about the AFC, man, I I, I want to wrap up um, the NFL with, dude, who did you think five years ago we'd be sitting here going, are the Buffalo Bills the best team in football? I am not. Well, first off, I'm not sitting here going out of the Buffalo Bills. No, but 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 it, they're in the conversation. A, but they are they are they are a contender, right? You want to talk about contenders, whether they win wow. championships or not. The Bills are a contender. Ohio, the Cleveland Browns, the Bengals, <laughs> yes. not yeah. yet. The Buffalo Bills are a yeah. concern. I would I I wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs. Uh Good and luck, think of, Kansas I mean, look, City. And, and, and we're saying this. Because Kansas City didn't play a good enough game for me no, to go there against ready the Falcons, for right. And and look, we're saying this with all credit to Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, that front office, because, dude, we, I mean, we could have had a many of conversations over the last, what, decade, 15 years of just how bad the Bills have been year in and year out. And now... West New York, man. Uh, look, Josh Allen, that run, you know, Stefan Diggs, that defense. The way they played last night, they are the first team to sweep the New England Patriots in a season since the year 2000. Think of that. The year it's been 20 years since a team has beaten the Patriots twice in one season. Well, at no joke, how do you think Bill Belichick feels about missing the playoffs? Probably the Tom same Brady way he ride, felt when he, when he broke that phone. I don't know if you saw that video of him throwing <laughs> that phone, but that's probably that sums up about how he feels. But no, I mean, dude, the Bills are dangerous. They're 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 really really good, Uh and it's it's scary. I mean, it's it's if you're if you're a fan of an AFC team, that's scary because they're playing really good football. 
at the right time uh, of the year. All right, Richie. Well, as we get to wrap things up here, before uh, I hit us with our final question here, I just want to talk a little fantasy football. I want to give you your shout out <laughs> where your your comeuffins where comeuffins are due. Is Richie has made it to the championship game? He dispatched with Marquilio earlier this week. Uh, and is now facing Eric in the championship. Marquilio and I will be fighting it out for third place in the inaugural season of the ES3N Fantasy League. Uh, still hoping to get that podium spot, L. Sorry, as I throw some elbows. I am, for those of you who don't know, L and I were in a fantasy football league where I had a where where L questionably won the championship, and I say questionably because it was the best of three championship series, and no one had told me it was the best of three. I won the first one. Well, uh, and and with with so, that, I just want to put this out there for the fan. So as soon as that game ended last night, and we found out that I was going to the championship, I get a message from my buddy Eric that says, "Hey." What's it going to take for you to bench Kamara and Cook next week against me and make it a fair <laughs> fight? And I, I told him, I said, if you bench Rodgers and Adams, we'll talk. But that's that's the only right. way that that's... Eric's got... Eric laid nearly nearly laid 200 points on me in fantasy football. Like, I, I had an all right game. I, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a lousy game. But it was a pretty good game. I, I felt like I had a shot at just the way he... He just he put up points. He put up points. It's it's all there is to it. Yep. But for those of the S three land, we're going to hope that uh, we don't have to put together an ES three and fantasy football trophy for a non ES three M member. So Richie, uh, for the pride of the family of ES three N, you better bring year year one home. Uh, L, I am looking to avenge my last season championship loss to you and claim third place. And then we're going to start putting together trophies and championships as we start opening up this league up. We want to make sure that we extend invites to all of our guests. So for those of you who think you might be sports worthy, is your knowledge worthy of ES3N? Probably. Hit us up. Shoot us an email at the Essential Sports Network, the number three at gmail.com. That's Essential Sports Network three at gmail.com. Ask us, send us some information, tell us about yourself and why you want to be on. We'd love to have you. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe, that follow, that like button. And from those of us here at ES3N, we'll see you next time with all three. Peace.